1: Uh, make sure to check them out. Please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Please make sure to follow the show. That way you'll know when a new one comes out. It's truly appreciated. All right, let's uh, kick off today's show. And it's another week, guys. Uh, We're here and uh, ready to go. Uh, With me today is Louis Rigoni,
0: Hey, doll fans! Hello, hello, hello! Oh, sorry, Mike. I'm right. sorry,
1: Daniel yeah. Reinhardt. What up, fan fans? So we're, we're getting closer to the end of the uh, the practices, the OTA practices, and uh, you know we, we won't see the team back until July 31st when uh, training camp opens.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so it's gonna be a little lull here uh, after this week. So
0: a little lull
1: going to be the dead time we'll we'll get to read you know 100 more articles speculating on
0: what the <laughs> dolphins are going to do at quarterback right <laughs> yeah yeah never I, ending i you know i yeah more than any other team in the league i mean why why is this that it just you know there's always somebody that they're putting in the mix coming to us i mean and i i'm assuming everybody knows what we're talking about right mike i mean you might as well just
1: Well, you know, Mike Florio came out with an opinion that uh, the Dolphins could conceivably be interested in bringing in Lamar Jackson next year if things don't work out with Tua, and and Jackson becomes available in Baltimore. Right. Uh, So, you know, there's there's probably some logic behind that, because if you recall, when uh, uh, Jackson came out, you know Ross was heavily in favor of the team going after him so there uh-huh. there is some interest there or at least there was uh so i mean it, it's one of those things that that could be possible i don't know that i would be in favor of that uh i just think his passing is not what you'd like it to be uh especially when he's under pressure um but uh You know the kid can run. He can certainly run, and uh, you know he's got he's he's got running back ability. You know from the quarterback position, and it's a matter of is that the game you want to play? And and with uh, McDaniel as coach coming from San Francisco, they did rely a lot on the running game. So it might be something that would be of interest to him. We'll have to see. What do you guys think?
0: Go ahead.
2: Go ahead, Lou. I'm going to let you take this one first.
0: Well, I mean, first of all. Is it is it a legitimate situation that can develop? I mean, is he under contract for next season? Is his contract up? I don't well, know. I, I situ- would assume
1: his contract is up, or it's or it's a meaningless conversation,
0: right? Yeah, so they need to
2: re-sign him. Currently, he's on his fifth-year option.
0: Okay, yep. he's on his fifth-year option. Thank you, Daniel. So, um, so there is the possibility in regard to that. Um, you know, the question is: is <laughs> how much money is it going to cost to bring this guy in? You know, and what do we do from there? Because you always have to uh basically eliminate other contracts in order to accommodate that type of contract. And that's going to be an extremely big contract, right? I mean, you would, you know, I I can't imagine what he's going to get in the open market as a free agent. I mean, it's going to be stupid money. So You know, you're going to sacrifice other parts of the team in order to bring him in. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, in my opinion, Lamar, you know, like Dan Marino did back in 1984, he peaked. And that's not to say that he can't be a solid quarterback going forward. But um, Lamar's MVP season was just over the top incredible. And since then, his numbers have gone down, especially last season. He had a, a really subpar year. Um, So has he peaked already? Now, can he be a very productive quarterback in the NFL? Absolutely. Can he win you a Super Bowl and playoff games? Um, Hasn't proven that as of yet. Um, He's kind of struggled in playoff games. So, you know, I don't know how far he can actually take you uh, with his style of play because I think the league has, to some extent, figured him out and had to defend him. So that's where I'm at with him. I mean, would he be an upgrade at the quarterback position on our football team? Absolutely. But um, how far can he actually take you with his style of play?
2: Yeah. Okay. So for me, my first reaction is what kind of knucklehead professional media guy for NBC Sports says that Lamar Jackson isn't going to be resigned with Baltimore in the first place? He's, what, 25 games over five hundred. He's in his fifth-year option. They want to bring him back. I don't see a world in which they don't bring him back and sign him to a massive contract. I just don't.
0: Well, Daniel, like I said just now, I mean, maybe, you know, the high brass over there feels differently, that, you know, maybe he can only bring us so far, and maybe they want to move on from him, and they don't feel that he's worth – that money going forward. So are you certain that you know they would you know they would actually be 110% in on re-signing him?
2: I- so my my next logical step in the process of thought there is my first thought is what kind of knucklehead even suggests they're not going to bring him back? And my next logical thought is they don't bring him back if they don't believe he can win them a Super Bowl. Right. In which case why would we want to bring him to Miami? Right, Because if, if the team who has watched him every day in and out, he's, mm-hmm. he's an immense talent, top 10 quarterback in the league, many people say, and, and they're going to let him walk instead of giving him the massive uh, franchise quarterback deal, what makes us think that he's going to come to Miami and take us to the promised land?
0: Right. right?
2: So uh, I'm on both sides of that there. I, I do think Baltimore... Uh, Keeps him, locks him up. I don't think they let him walk. Would you pay him fifty million a year? Look, they're twenty-five games over five hundred with him under center. He he is a massive draw for that team. He is one in three in the postseason, but I think that I I think that he can get over. uh, He can win more games in the postseason than that. I also tend to think that if he did somehow find his way to Miami, I could get on board with it. I think he's an electric talent that teams, I mean, they have to account for his legs. Does he leave a, le- a bit to be desired in the passing game? Yes, he does. Would he be my first choice at quarterback? No, he wouldn't. But I think that if all else is said and done and, and he found his way to Miami, I would, I would probably get on board because he is, he is an electric talent at the quarterback position.
1: I don't want an electric talent that is not a consistently good thrower.
2: Okay, fair enough.
1: That's how I feel about it because you know it goes back to you know when you absolutely have to make a play, can you do
2: it? And you know if if you're inconsistent with the arm, you're not going to do it enough. He's made a lot of them. He's made a lot of the plays that they need him to make to win big games. I mean, obviously, one in three in the postseason is not great. And is it him that won those games, or was it the team around him? Both. But yeah, I mean, I, you have to say that as both. You can't yes. just put it on one person. <laughs> right. You know, not logically, you can't.
0: No, he's, yeah, he he's an exceptional talent, Mike. And, you know, he has won football games for them, I'm certain. But, you know, when you look at the playoff games, you know, the, the, the last two that he's played in, I mean, he's thrown for a lot of yardage, but, you know, four interceptions, one touchdown, four interceptions, you know, when. When it came down to, you know, him making plays in the passing game, he he has struggled come playoff time. And, um, you know, these are in games where he just blew it up. I mean, you look at his rushing yardage in those games. He had 170 yards rushing in his last playoff game. Is that insane? But yet they were unable to win the football game because in the end, they allowed that yardage you know, uh, rushing yardage, and they just couldn't get into the end zone. He threw two big interceptions in his last playoff game. Listen, the guy's an incredible talent. I I think that, you know, sometimes, you know, when you see a guy, I mean, he's been in the league now, what, four years? This is his fifth season coming up. I mean, he's still extremely young. Can he learn, and can he get better in the passing game? And that's the big question sometimes these guys are what they are and that's it you know they don't they don't get any better as a matter of fact they 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 go in the opposite direction you know as his running ability as he gets older because you know it's inevitable you know he's going to slow down he's not going to be that same guy running around the field I mean injuries are going to take their toll you've always got that big question mark because of the way he runs the football in regard to do you really want this guy at 50 million a year running around like a lunatic? I mean, it takes one hit and he's done. You know, you're putting yourself at risk on every single play when you're running around like that. You know, you look at Michael Vick and when he came into the league, and I think that, you know, Lamar's a much better football player than Michael Vick ever was. But, you know, Vick at one time was, you know, just, I mean, people absolutely loved his style of play and everything, but in the end, you know, what happened with him? He he never became the player that they thought he was going to be. You know, year in and year out, he just was what he was. So, you know, maybe Lamar, you know, he's a he's a more extreme uh player than than uh, uh what's his name, Michael Vick was, but you know, how far can he actually take you? I mean, he's a great talent. There's no question about that.
2: Yeah, and if they let him go. You know, if they allow him to walk after the first contract, then you seriously have to wonder has he reached that ceiling that you were talking about, Lou. Right. And but you also wonder what can a coaching staff led by Mike McDaniel bring out of him that we haven't seen. Uh, They've ran a pretty the same offense basically every year that he's been in Baltimore. What can a little bit of change do to help bring something else out in him? Regardless, I don't see it happening. I don't think he leaves Baltimore. Uh, but he would definitely sell a bunch of tickets in Miami. South, South Florida boy. He's a legend in South yep. Florida.
0: So. Yep, absolutely. No doubt. I mean, he's going to sell a ton of tickets. Yep. Um, I would love to have a guy come in here and take us to the playoffs every year. But, you know, at some point, you know, you get frustrated with that. You're like, okay, we made the playoffs. Yay. And then, boom, we're knocked out in the first round, type of thing. Um, you we know, lived that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> we lived that for yeah, years. You got to realize live that, that. Yeah. he's not just an immense talent. He makes Baltimore a contender every season. Absolutely. When he's under sender that team is a contender. Mm-hmm. So he would do the same thing for Miami, especially with the talent that we have on the offensive side of the ball right now. Well, the mm-hmm. question
1: that we can't answer, Daniel, is can he take us further than that? Correct. Is this a better
2: roster than Baltimore's had over the past five years or four years? Well, you can, you can guarantee it's not as good a coaching staff. I mean, with all things considered, McDaniel is a first-year coach. Right. Harbaugh, he's one of the best in the league.
1: Agreed.
0: Yep. And he, you know, he, I think he's milked about as much out of Lamar Jackson as you possibly can. I think he puts the, it puts him in that position to do exactly what he does um you know but again you know it would be a red flag if baltimore decides to move on from him just like you mentioned daniel uh you know you got to start saying hey you know if they really are this confident in this guy that he can get them to a super bowl and win them a super bowl why would they allow a talent like this to walk away you know so that would be an absolute red flag and the season that he had last season is a red flag as well it wasn't a really good season for him at all in a year that they really needed him to step up due to the injuries in the running game and he just wasn't able to do it so you know there's times when you know that running ability you know is going to get shut down and then you have to as a quarterback be able to pass the football down the field and make plays in the passing game and um you know, all through the course of last season, he just didn't get the job done.
1: Well, guys, you know, we could probably go back and forth on this all day. You know, uh, right now we've got a quarterback. His name is Tua. And uh, he did some speaking um, the other day, and uh, he kind of talked about what his offseason has, has looked like. And uh, he said, you know, one of the biggest things for him was building his foundation back up from his feet to his core and then uh, to his arm strength. So these, this is what he's been working on. Um, and then he talks about, uh, you know, this is the third system that he's learning, so he's also had to, uh, you know, basically learn the system so he can get guys in the right spots and, and what have you. He says, that, you know, having everybody show up for ATAs was re- OTAs was really helpful to him, and uh, he thinks that'll, that'll pay off going forward. He thinks he's seen improvement in being able to push the ball downfield, and then he goes on to explain... That the reason they, they did not push the ball downfield last year is because there were no options to throw the ball downfield. Basically, what they were doing is having one read and uh, it was either there or it was a dead play. Hmm. So
0: That's crazy. You know, yeah, it really is. I mean, is. that doesn't uh, even, I, I don't know. I, I'd have, Mike, not to cut you off, but I'd have to question that. To, to me, in the NFL, I mean, this is the NFL. This isn't high school football or whatever. How in the hell do you have one read, and if it's not there, it's a dead plate?
1: I think he's probably simplifying it a little bit.
0: I, I think he's exaggerating it a little bit. You well, know, that's what I mean. You know, uh, you know,
1: he's not going into too much detail
0: there. That, that to me, does. That, I mean, honestly, guys, does that sound? Does that sound like it would be something that an NFL team would throw out?
2: My first reaction was, that sounds like my high school offense.
0: (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) That's exactly
2: what I thought when I heard it. Here's his quote. A lot of plays that were called last year were meant
1: for one person. Either this person is open or the play might be dead.
2: Mm -mm. Well, it sounds like we had some offensive coaches that didn't know what the hell they were doing.
0: In my mind, as a quarterback, I don't give a damn about what (laughs) – know. you you've got – At least you've got at least two receivers on the field, right? (laughs) Running running patterns. Even if you're at mass protection, you got two receivers. I am never quitting on a play as a quarterback. If you look at your first read and it's not there, then damn it, you got to do something. You know, you got it. You don't just say or it's a dead. You know, you don't you don't make that type of comment to where it's either the guy's open or it's a dead play. Absolutely not. That's crazy. I mean, I. Oh you, I, it's, you take off and run. You do something. You do something. You, know? <laughs> you create. You know, you, you you create another second or two if you can, and and somehow get the ball to some in somebody's hands. I mean, listen, we we watch Dolphin games, and there's no damn way that there's one guy in a pattern on a given play. Usually, we have three receiver sets, so there's at least three guys at the minimum of three guys running patterns on every given play. I Mike, I didn't hear that comment. I didn't know about that comment. I don't know why he would even mention something like that because in the NFL, I don't think that ever happens. It just doesn't. It it there's it, just it makes no sense whatsoever.
2: Well, additionally, if you're the quarterback and leader of the team, and your offensive coaches are telling you you've got one read and then the play's <laughs> <Right>. dead, <laughs> aren't you going to say what the hell are you talking about? Right. That's not how we win games. That's not how we put points on the board.
0: Or you, so, or Daniel, you do what Marino did, where he just ignored, you know, what the situation was, and says, right, you know right. what, I'm going to do, I'm going to do what I think is best. You know, okay, the you know, the, is the coach going to really get mad if you look at your first read and it's not there and you create something on top of that? I highly doubt it. Um, so to me, well, Flores, Flores was me. I was, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I don't
2: know about the guy <laughs> who sends them in single file line. Rather, he's gonna uh, take that very well. Yeah.
0: But well, Mike has a My, Mike story. has yeah Mike has a whole background behind that stupidity as well. He he explained to me the other day as we were talking in regard to you know where that came from, and a lot of this stuff is just so it's it's like it's it's a it's freaking soap opera. It's so stupid. <laughs> I mean, it really is. I mean, you know, Mike can elaborate on that in a second. But you know, getting back to Tua and, um, you know, numbers. Guys, we all watch football, right? And, uh, you know, he's talking about foundation and he's talking about, you know, accuracy down the field, so on and so forth. All that matters is when they step on the football field on a given Sunday. And I don't care about a 75% completion percentage and all this other crap. We watch the games, we know when the games are on the line that plays have to be made and that's all we care about you can throw statistics out in every different direction to make a guy look above and beyond wow this guy is so damn accurate this guy's this this guy's that
1: well that's what happens people cherry pick what stats they're going to throw out there to make the argument they're trying to exactly. make. exactly
0: and the point is is that what we want is we want the team to be successful when it's all said and done. We want Tua to be successful when all sa- all said and done. I don't care if he completes 10 out of 30 passes in a game, as long as those 10 passes that he completes were big, big completions that won us football games. And that's the bottom line. It's as simple as that. I'm so sick and tired of reading about statistics and reading about foundations and reading about all this other crap. All we care about is come... Every, you know, every Sunday this coming year or whatever day or night we play that we win football games. And that's the bottom line. I don't want to hear about statistics anymore. It's, it's a bunch well, of this horseshit. this will make you feel better, Lou. He, <laughs> he
1: went on to say, huh, it's a little different now. My second year was different than my rookie year and this year will be different than last year and how we go about doing things. I feel a lot more confident about being able to push the ball down the field. And he says, it's going to be exciting.
0: Good. That's what we want to hear.
1: He seems to have the right attitude. I do think we just need to relax and Yes. see what he
0: does. Yes. Um too much. Too, too it, yeah. and people are all over him. I mean, we just mentioned this with the whole Lamar Jackson thing. I mean, Yep. You know, it, it it's one thing or friggin' another. They're always trying to put somebody here. And you know, it's like you know, I think that, you know, at the end of this season, you know, maybe it'll be warranted, you know, but going into this season, you know, he's going to be our quarterback, whether you like it or not. Uh, A lot of people don't, a lot of people do. And, you know, that's the bottom line and the chips will fall where they may. And that's, that's it.
2: Well, it's a good thing that he's working on his, his base and his footwork, right? Because that's an area that he's struggled with. Right. And it's, and it's not, why he's 75% accurate in the in the short stuff? It's why he struggles in the intermediate game, you know. And if he can take a step forward in in that area, he pushing down the field, pushing down the field will be uh, way easier than it has been for him.
0: Daniel, he can go and and he can go to Fred Astaire uh, Fred Astaire Dance Studios and and move around and build that foundation up. And, and look phenomenal with his footwork. Do they
2: have one of those in South Florida?
0: They, I'm sure they do. You know, but the bottom line is this, is that <laughs> when you are put into a game and you have 300-pound defensive ends coming at you or 300-pound d- defensive tackles and, and fast-as-held defensive ends, everything changes And I don't care what he does, you know, in regard to a foundation and how he moves. And he's, you know, my son showed me a clip of him running through tires and dancing around and doing all this crap. When you have guys coming at you in a football game, that's when you need to learn how to move around the pocket. pocket presence. You have to move a step to the left, a step to the right. The better quarterbacks do it on a consistent basis. That's when he has to do it. So, you know, getting back to what I just said a second ago, it doesn't make any difference as to what the hell he's doing in practice and how he's dancing around. He's got to do it in football games. And when he, once he does that, all this other crap we can just throw aside. We say, wow, this guy's really, really developed a pocket presence. He's creating a second or two more to get the ball down the field to a guy. Because a lot of the times, that's all it takes. Is a little step to the left, a little juke to the right, a little step up in the pocket, a little step back in the pocket.
1: Well, he's got to do that anyway, Lewis, just to find a way to throw the ball.
0: (laughs) Right. And, you know, that, you know, that's, well, Mike, that's, this is the NFL. And you're not going to have that perfect pocket to throw out of. And, you know, the concerns with Tua have always been over the last couple of years is his ability in those situations to get the ball down the field beyond 10 yards accurately. And as of right now, he hasn't shown it. So let's hope that all this foundation work and everything he's doing is going to help him. But that pocket presence has still got to be there. He has to be able to create because you're never going to have that perfect situation over the course of the game over and over again. There may be a few plays here and there that you have it, but. When you look at the better quarterbacks, they're always creating on their own he, to, to to incredible extents. I mean, you look at a guy like Josh Allen, where he gets pressured and just makes you know a, a, a major major play down the field out of something that he really should have gotten sacked upon. You know, a play that he should have been sacked on. So, and this happens on a consistent basis. Two is going to have to do something to that extent to at least create to make. Negative plays that would have been negative plays in the positive plays. And as of right now, two years into his career, we have not seen enough of that. We really haven't. I mean, you can count on maybe one or two hands the amount of plays over the course of what? The, how many games has he started now, guys? Like 30?
1: Something like yeah. that. Two seasons less his injuries. Right.
0: There's not an awful lot. If you guys go back and you look at, you know, those type of plays over and over again. And there's been games where we have passed the ball, you know, 40 times. I mean, there was a stretch there, you know, over the course of last year, the year before where we were throwing the ball a ton and, you know, you just don't see enough of that. And that's what we need.
1: Are you ready for the NBA champs to be crowned? Join the finals action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA bet and get $150 in free bets instantly. Looking to turn another small bet into a big payday during the NBA Finals? With the DraftKings Same Game Parlay, you can do just that. This NBA season, a customer placed a $5 Same Game Parlay and won over $5,000. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more. And boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payoff. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Let's talk about
2: McDaniel.
0: (laughs) Daniel, did you have anything to say in regard to that?
2: I had a couple of things, but I lost them somewhere in that soliloquy. Yeah, no more needs to be
1: said on Tua. And we all know the situation. We got to wait. You got to be patient.
0: yes. Yes. Period. (laughs) Yes.
1: Uh, they were talking to McDaniel and, and uh, they were asking him about the uh, free agents on the team and, the, you know, the undrafted free agents. And he he said, the key is not to make too early of a judgment. What you're trying to do is establish is should they get a ticket to training camp. And uh, they asked him who he's been impressed with. And he, he said uh, the South Carolina running back, Saquandre Wright, has looked good to him. He said he calls him Dr. White. <laughs> okay. And the uh, number one rule on the team is to protect the team.
0: Got it. Protect the Could team. Have. Protect the team. Very good. And
2: I think he's exactly right. You can't make judgment calls too quickly on yep. these guys. And, I mean, he nailed it. They're earning their ticket to training camp right now. So let's see how many of them can earn their ticket and possibly make an impact.
1: They did a lot of work uh, inside the red zone. And uh, he basically says that, uh, we've spent uh, considerable time emphasizing first and second down for multiple reasons, including the pads not being on. Tua's skill in tighter areas only enhances his ability. He's an accurate quarterback that really knows how to put the ball where he wants it to be placed. All the red zone is, to me, is windows becoming tighter and decisions have to be quicker. Uh, The work we have done, I've been very pleased with that
0: hmm He does excel yeah. in that, too. I will give him that. You know, yep. around, you know, in the red zone, he does do a pretty good job. You know, when we're inside the 10-yard line getting the ball into the end zone, the waddle, or whoever it may be, does a really good job.
1: Yeah, that's probably one of the strengths yes. as opposed to his intermediate passing. Yes. You know?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, additionally, and he didn't say it, but I, I know this, and I think you guys know this, the games are won on first and second down. They're not won on third and fourth down. Right. If you can if you can get chunk plays on first and second down and keep yourself in short yardage, that's how you continue to chew the clock. That's how you chew up yardage. That's how you put up points on the board.
0: Dan, you so know I what love it. you know what's funny about that. You know your that comment that you just made is that over the course of Tannehill's career and then you know Tua as well. You know, me and Mike talk over the course of games, game in and game out. You know, we talk probably 50 times, you know, call back and forth if we're not watching the games together. And um, we talk consistently about the inability on third and manageable yardage to pick up first downs. It happens on a consistent basis to where... We're in a third and three. third and three. Third and three. and we're like yeah. off the field. We're like, what in that you come on. Isolate. We haven't had a running game. Isolating. You know I mean, yeah. Yeah, but you know, on third and three, a lot of teams in the NFL now, Daniel. I I mean, I would say to like probably I mean, what percentage would you say, Mike, on third and three teams are passing the ball now? It's probably seventy five percent of the time, right? Three out of At every least. four. Yeah. I mean, you would think that it'd be different, but I think if we went back and look at...
1: And the defenses know that, so they're usually sending pressure.
0: Right. But our inability on those situations, Daniel, has, has been horrible. I mean, you know, that's the one negative thing that I've seen over our last two quarterback situations is the inability to pick up third and short situations and um you know Tua has done a decent job at times and other times he hasn't and Tannehill Tannehill was just consistently bad in those situations I like Tannehill
1: well, better the, the one seven. consistent between the two <laughs> quarterbacks has been a poor offensive line
2: yeah and and additionally like even yeah. if the percentage is that high for third and passing you know in short yardage which I I'm not convinced it is but let's just say that it is A lot of the times these defensives still have to respect the run game. And so it makes a third and three passing situation a little easier. Well, We have not had that. We haven't had a running game that anybody has had to take seriously. Which makes third and three passing downs that much more difficult. So I believe that that's going to change this year. I I love the emphasis on uh, short yardage, uh, goal line, uh, getting chunk plays on first and second down. I love that stuff. Third down is obviously, you know, we struggled on third down for years, and you can't continue drives without converting. But I I love the emphasis on these early downs as well.
1: We took some questions, and uh, Robert O'Neill asked, do you see moving Williams from uh, left guard to center as a positive or negative move? In his opinion, it is weakening the offensive line, especially on the left side. Daniel?
2: I hate it. I hate it. Uh, Connor Williams comes in as one of the best pulling guards in the league. You watched him do that in Dallas, and that's exactly what we need in this new McDaniel's run scheme: is a guard that can get out in front and really, uh, really hammer some linebackers and cornerbacks and safeties. Um, I hate it. I don't want to see him move from left guard.
0: You know, I'm not in practice, but you know, I would probably say that. The coaching staff knows what our best situation is, and if that means moving him to the center position, then so be it. I mean, maybe they feel that they're a stronger offensive line across the board with him playing center. I mean, I can't understand why, you know, any other reason as to why they wouldn't, you know, why they would do something like that if if it's going to weaken your team. I think that, you know, maybe they feel that he's a much better center than Dieter or anybody else who is in camp right now, and that we have the ability to put a guard there that will strengthen our offensive line across the board. So, you know, it's hard for me to really sit here and and question that move when, you know, the the coaches are watching practice every day and they're going to do what's best for the team. They're not going to do it just to do it. So, I mean...
1: Well, I don't even know how you judge that with the guys in, you know, t-shirts and shorts now, you know? There hasn't been hitting yet, you know, so how do you really know who is better where, you know what I
0: mean? Yeah, I mean, it, uh, but, you know, where did this come from to begin with? I mean, is that what they were just saying, that he was, you know, in yeah he Yeah, no, he's been, he's been working. He's he been working it, at right? center. Didn't he come yeah, out with the yeah. comment that said that he's, you know, he looks like he's going to be playing center for the football team? He did
1: say that at one point, and uh I think it's known now, you know, that that, that he has been working at center really the entire game. Well,
0: What's interesting is this is that there's a center still out there, or did he sign?
1: Nope, Trenner, I think is still he's still
0: out, out there. there. The dolphins, we question the fact that they didn't go after him. Maybe their whole thought process from the beginning was that they were bringing him in. They, they were bringing in Williams to play center. Simple as that. You know, yep. and that's it. That was their, that was their thought process from the beginning. They felt that he was going to be more than capable to play the center position. And that's that. And, you know, Dieter, if you remember, you know, played guard. So yep, maybe guard. maybe they feel that he's a better center and Dieter can move over to guard and we have 10 other people that can play the, the you know, that left guard position and whoever plays the best is going to be there. And, you know, they sign them to, you know, basically with with the thought process that he was going to be our center from the beginning. So, you know.
2: I think it's fair to say that Connor Williams is a better offensive lineman than Dieter. Right. And so whatever we need to put wh- wherever we need to put him to get the best out of him is obviously best for the team. Right. Uh, you know, and I I won't fight against it, but I you just don't I've like it. from him, right? Yeah, from what I've seen from him, he's an awesome pulling guard. And oh, and well, you can still pull from center. That. You know. Yeah. I yes, I'm aware. Yeah.
0: Okay. What do we got so, next, dear Michael?
1: Well. I just want to say that I like the move. Okay. Because I think that left tackle is your most important position on the offensive line and I think center is your second most important position. Okay. Uh he's the guy that has to make sure that the uh team is lined up where they should be to account for blitzing and whatever else can happen. Right. And uh you know, he's an experienced guy. He has a lot more experience in Dieter. And uh, I I like it. I I want the best guy possible there at center, whoever that is. Right. Okay. Um, Matt Hogg asked, uh, what kind of numbers does two I have to put up to be considered a franchise guy? He says 4,000 yards and over 30 TDs. (laughs) Uh, We have way too many weapons not to achieve that.
0: Well, God almighty. I mean, again, this goes back to numbers. (laughs) Who gives a shit? About yep. a four thousand yard plateau. Who how many wins did he have?
2: I that's the want, number I'm looking for.
0: I want plays. How many yep. big plays did he make over the course of a game? I mean, statistics are just that. It doesn't matter in the end. You know, I mean it does. D- Dan Marino it doesn't. first of
2: all, they're gonna be a running team, right. supposedly.
0: There's so a that, few that, things that, that, that makes
2: four thousand tough. Right. There's a few things that I'm gonna be looking for. Go ahead. Can he lead us from behind in the fourth quarter? Yes. Does he make big plays when big plays are needed to win football games?
0: Right. I
2: think the rest of the NFL fandom and media are going to look for him to be top 15 statistically. They're going to look, is he not only just winning games, but is he not throwing interceptions in big moments, which is huge. But they're going to be looking for things like top 15, you know, top 15 in yards, top 15 in touchdowns. Is Miami a playoff contender? We and want a playoff he, contender. If he
1: finishes 16th or 17th but wins a lot of games, are you going to be upset with him? Right.
2: <laughs> Me,
0: Touchdown no. to interception ratio. That's an important statistics. What Statistic. I don't
2: want to hear is Tua was 78% accurate over the last 12 games of the season, and we're sitting on the outside of the playoffs looking in.
0: Exactly. That's
2: not what I want to hear. I of want course. to see Re- – Here we go. Red zone efficiency, putting the ball in the end zone and winning football games in the fourth quarter. Holding a lead with four and a half minutes left. Running down the field and kicking a field goal with four and a half minutes left to seal a win. Those are the things that are going to make him a franchise quarterback, not 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns.
0: Listen, he's going against a ton of elite quarterbacks this year. He's going to have to play at a high level. He's going to have to – he, he not the team, he is going – as the quarterback, because every good court, really good quarterback in the league uh, makes plays over the course of a game that changes the game. It's that simple. Yep. And, I mean, I, I know it's a team game. I know there's 22 starters out there and a bunch of guys that come in and out of the game that make plays. But your quarterback is the most important position on the field, and he individually has to create on his own, and I don't care if he throws for two hundred yards a game, as long as he's somehow keeping us in football games, as you mentioned, Daniel, bringing us back because we're, there's going to be times over the course of the season when we're going against these good quarterbacks that he's going to have to answer. And it, it, it's you know you can't go out there and go three and out and put the quarterback put the ball back in Aaron Rodgers or Josh Allen's hands. He's going to ha- have to create, he's going to have to do everything possible to keep his offense on the field and to keep them in the football game.
2: One minute and 40 seconds left. Down by four, we get the ball back at our 20. I want to see him lead the team, get to the line of scrimmage, look at the defense, know where to go, and score a touchdown with three seconds left on the clock.
0: Right.
1: Yeah, guys, I mean, you know, look... We- Nobody has a crystal ball except for Jim Johnson, if you guys remember Jim Johnson. Oh yeah, Jimmy. uh, (laughs) You know, it's really hard to say if he's going to get 4,000 yards. That's that's a pretty hefty, chunky yardage. And and based off our history of watching Tua, I would say probably not. But I don't think he needs to throw for 4,000 yards and over 30 touchdowns to win games. I don't think he needs to do that. I think they need to play as a team. And uh, the next question here is from Rod Rousey. And he asks, who do you see the Dolphins signing with the cap space left? Well, the Dolphins have uh, sorry, six hundred, sorry, $6,500,000 to spend. Now, odds are, they would I'm sure they would prefer to carry that money over to next year, uh, which is generally what they do. So I wouldn't be looking for them to sign anybody unless they develop a problem in a position. In training camp, if uh, Connor Williams gets hurt, maybe they go out and sign Tretter. You know what I mean? But I don't think they're going to be looking to sign anybody right now unless
2: that type of scenario happens. Yeah, I don't have a clear picture of a free agent that we'd be looking to bring in right now unless it was somebody on the offensive line.
0: Yep. Yeah, I don't know who's still available out there other than the center. Um, You know, so it's really tough to say. I mean, I'd love to see a veteran linebacker come in here, you know, that can play the middle of the field, but I don't know who's still out there. Um, you I know, think Donta
2: Hightower is still available,
0: is believe it, it or not, I think know. so. Well, you know, as Mike said, I don't see them doing anything more than what they've done. I mean, and they've done quite a bit already. I think that they're more than content with where the team stands right now. And, you know, why not carry that money over, right? Right.
1: Okay, last question. With the three added running backs, and this is from jo- Joseph Cusinata. uh do you think they can get over 2,700 yards and 20 TDs combined? I'm just going to answer that no. That's a lot. Yeah. That's, a a, that's a lot. an awful lot.
0: And it's numbers again that we, you know... You know, I don't, I don't know what the importance, I mean, I don't, is it, did we turn this into a fantasy football show, Mike? Over, I think so. Or, hey, if you guys week? want to
2: do a fantasy football <laughs> show, I'm all in baby. No, in <laughs> all seriousness,
1: I appreciate the questions, but you know, yes. these are Chris crystal ball type questions. You know, uh, how many injuries are they going to have at running back? You know, who's going to stay healthy? You know, we don't even know what they're going to be dealing with. So. Right. It's re- really, really hard to answer these questions with any degree of certainty because there's too many unknowns.
0: What were the numbers again, Mike? Twenty-seven hundred
1: yards and twenty touchdowns combined. And
0: twenty touchdowns combined. Wow, that's you know that that is those are pretty big numbers. Um, you know, Very you're talking numbers. Talking so there
2: about was, there was eight teams that had twenty or more last year, and there was uh, only one team who had more than twenty-seven hundred yard, yards rushing last year.
0: I don't see that
2: happening. And that was Philadelphia. They had 2,715 rushing yards, 25 touchdowns. Uh, Now, I will say that San Francisco was in that 20-touchdown range. They had 22. So, you know, we have the possibility of having quite a few touchdowns inside the red zone, but I don't know about the yardage. Still a lot of touchdowns for for the running game. Very much so. When you consider that Miami had uh, a whopping 12 last year,
0: uh, yeah it's a, a lot. whopping 12 wow now yeah. is that including tua that's daniel total. or that's just a running
2: rushing back. touchdowns yeah wow. 1568 yards 12 touchdowns
0: i think tua had a couple um so you know our running backs wow okay all right
2: guys
1: it's been fun this afternoon uh, thanks for joining me and, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And, uh, we'll be back next week until then fins up. Yeah. It's always fun. Fins up.
0: Fins up dolphins.
1: All right. That's today's show. I just want to remind everyone that the fin fans podcast is proud to be part of dolphins, Talk.com podcast network and the pigskin podcast network. Check out these sites, guys. There's lots of podcasts and information there that you'll enjoy. All right, until next time, be well and take care.